Thank you, Pastor Yuming, and um, a blessed Christmas to all of you. Are you glad to be in the house of God this morning? How many of you have, have opened your, your gift this morning, your, your, your Christmas gift? You have opened. Let me see your hand. Okay, very few. How many of you are happy with your gift? I mean, I mean, the husband is so happy with the gift that the wife gives, and the, the wife is so happy with what the husband gives, and you kissed him, and you kissed her until your lips turn blue. I mean, you are so happy. How many? <laughs> you know, I always buy perfect gifts for my wife. Every year, my gift to her always hit the mark. It's, it's always perfect. It makes her very happy. So this is what I did. I, I actually, I don't buy her gifts. She will buy herself gifts, and then when she comes home, she'll say, Honey, thank you for the Christmas gift. I love you so much. <laughs> and I always tell her, you know, I have good taste in gifts. So that's how we give each other's gift for Christmas, only in this year. But I'm so happy to be with you this morning, and uh, I, I hope that you have a good year this year in 2019. And uh, I hope that you prepare for what is about to come in 2020. Always remind yourself that God has a great plan for you. But when things, when especially new things, when they're about to come, we need to prepare for it. Amen? We need to prepare and seek God and prepare for the new things He's about to do in our life. Amen? The best is yet to come. Amen? The best is yet to come. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to read a few scriptures this morning, starting with Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, and then verse 9 to 11, and then Colossians 1, verse 27. Matthew 2, verse 2 says this, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Verse 9 says, When they heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they have seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they have come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they have opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Father, this morning I pray that you will anoint the preaching of your word. This morning we want to have an encounter with you. We want our heart to be changed, our mind to be renewed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title for this morning, Christmas morning, is The Star of Christmas. The Star of Christmas. I want to talk about hope this morning. I want to talk about not giving up. I want to talk about trusting God. 
I want to talk about placing your hope in God. Now, this is what Christmas is all about. This is why God sent His Son to us to give, to give us hope. You know, friends, to live without hope is perilous. To live without hope is alarming, is very dangerous. To live without hope is to say, there's no solution to my pain. To live without hope is to say, there's no answer to my problem and there's no way out for my misery. That's what hopelessness means. It means there's no light at the end of a very dark tunnel for you. That's what hopelessness means. But this Christian morning, I have good news to tell you. And that is there is hope in God. There is hope in God. And hope in God does not disappoint according to Romans 5 verse 5. It will not fail you. It will not disappoint you. Hope in God does not disappoint. Somebody say amen. You know, the Bible said on the night of Christmas, there was a unique star that seemed to outshine all other stars in the sky. It was the brightest star that night, a very unique star. And this unique star guided wise men from India, and they traveled from India to Jerusalem, and eventually they ended up in Bethlehem. And their journey finally ended when the star stood over where baby Jesus was laid. And the wise men were so overwhelmed by what they saw that they fell down and worshipped baby Jesus. You see, without the star, they would not have found Jesus. If not for the star that guided them and pointed to them where Jesus was, they would not have found baby Jesus. If the star did not serve as a guide or a pointer, the wise men would not have found Jesus. You know, I remember one time my family and I went to a town in Kenya called Nyanyuki. Have you been to Nyanyuki? Nyanyuki was a very popular tourist town because of Mount Kenya. And also, there was a very popular animal orphanage that was owned by actors William Holden. Do you know William Holden? If you are baby boomers, you know who is William Holden. And also Stephanie Powers. If you love Heart to Heart in the 80s, that's Stephanie Powers, Mrs. Heart. And there was also a beautiful golf course. And there's a hotel there that was, that was facing Mount Kenya. And every year, Hollywood actors, producers, directors, even the British royals will come secretly and fly into Nyanyuki for holidays. Now, near the golf course, there was a giant maze. Do you know what a maze is? 
And when we saw the maze, we were so excited. So we said to ourselves, Let, let's get into a maze and get lost, you know, get lost and have fun. So all of us went into this giant maze that was facing Mount Kenya. Now for me, it was fun at first. We would look for each other. We would scare each other. And we would call out to each other and say, where are you? Where are you? It was such a gigantic maze. It's hard to find your friends in the maze. It's easy to get lost. And then after about a few minutes of fun and laughter, it started to drizzle. And a dark cloud was hovering over the golf course and slowly approaching the maze. At that time, I was all alone. I don't know where my wife is. I think Catherine, my first daughter, was alone. I think Vicky was with Christine. But I saw the cloud coming. I said, it's time to go. And, and, and I could not find my wife. I could not find Vicky. I could not find Christine. And I could not find the exit. So I was running back and forth, back and forth. And I started to shout, hey guys, rain is coming. No answer. Catherine, where are you? Catherine, where are you? I began to be, feel frantic looking for them. And suddenly I hear this voice, Dad, I'm here. I know you are here, but where? Dad, where are you? I'm here. She said, where? <laughs> then I heard Christine voice, yeah, where? So we were all lost. We couldn't find each other for at least 15 minutes. And the raindrops become, was getting heavier and bigger. So I was getting a, a bit worried. I was running all over the maze as fast as I can, looking for some, some pointers, you know, that will, that will point to me where the, the exit door is. And what seems to be eternity, I saw a board on the wall that says, exit with an arrow pointing to my right. So it was a relief, so I started to walk toward the exit door, came out of the maze, and I started to walk outside the maze, look, looking for the girls, and found them and showed them where the exit door is. Friends, life on earth is like, a, it's like getting lost in a maze. Life on earth is, is so hard today. Our world is so complicated. Our world is so stressful, so demanding. Our world is so uncertain, so dangerous. And many people wish that there is an exit door for them every time when they are confronted with the troubles that come from living on earth. And people who live without hope actually don't believe there is an exit door for them to escape the troubles they face. And that's why millions of people today give in to depression, addiction, and suicidal thought. Because people who live without hope cannot see 
there's a possibility of an exit door out of their trouble. And Jesus himself said in John 16 verse 33, In this world you will have troubles. Not maybe. You, you will have trouble. But the good news is, he did not stop there. He also said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In other words, he was saying, you will face troubles on this earth. You don't have to look for troubles. Trouble will look for you. You will face troubles on this earth, but hey, be joyful. Don't worry. Don't get stressed out or stressed up. Why? Because you are serving a God who has overcome every problems that the world can throw at you. So friend, this morning, I want to be a star and a pointer to you. Maybe you are having a difficult problem lately. Maybe you are facing a dilemma. Maybe you are feeling lost and finding no way out. And I'm here as a pointer to tell you that there is an exit door. There is a pointer that will point to you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is hope in God. Do you know what is so amazing about Christmas? The amazing thing about Christmas is this. God became man. This is the most amazing facts. God became man. And the Bible said in Hebrews 4.15 that when Christ became man, he was tempted in every way that we were, yet without sin. In other words, as a human being living on earth, he was also tempted like you and I. He was also tested like you and I. He was confronted by all sorts of challenges and difficulties like you and I living in an imperfect world. You see, we cannot, we cannot say to Jesus, Lord, you, you don't understand me. La. You don't know what I'm going through. The truth is, he does. I remember trying to counsel a man who was facing financial problem and I told him, why don't you go to God and seek God for a way out? You know what he said to me? I have no need to bother God. I don't think he understands me. He does. And the good news is, despite the challenges, Jesus did not sin. He did not fail. He did not break down. He did not hit rock bottom. He said, be of good cheer, relax. I have overcome the world. No wonder Jesus is called the rock of ages. No wonder he's called the glory and the lifter of my head. No wonder he's called most high God. No wonder he's called Christ, the hope of glory. Church, there is hope in God. Because on Christmas Day, hope arrived on earth's doorsteps. 
In Psalm 42, there was a king who was facing troubles and he was depressed. His name was David and he was a king. We can learn something from this. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how rich you are, how successful you are, trouble will still find you. Trouble will still try to beat you down. David was in the desert together with his family, small band of army, and with his musician. They were in the desert because David's son Absalom chased them away after a successful coup in Jerusalem. It was, at, it was at the desert that David experienced pain, agony for losing his home, his kingdom, and the privilege to worship God in a temple in Jerusalem. In fact, he lost everything. And every morning when David wakes up, the scenery that he sees around him is still the same. Every morning is the same scene. Every morning he saw the desert. It doesn't change. It's still a desert. He still saw desolation. Every morning he saw isolation. He saw dryness. He saw hopelessness. And every day when he wakes up, he felt the same thing. The heat of the day. But if you read Psalm 42, he kept saying to himself, Yes, the scene has not changed. I still see desert. I still see desolation. I still see hopelessness. I still feel the same thing, the heat of the day. The heat that comes from the sun on a hot noonday. And if you read Psalm 42, he kept telling himself, Hope in God. Hope in God. Hope in God. A few years ago, we attended our first daughter's graduation in America. After the graduation ceremony, we gathered our close friends and families, our in-laws and our missionary colleague, and we gathered in a room for a small party. And after eating, I took the opportunity to thank them for their presence, for coming, and also to thank God for his blessing upon my family. But I could not finish my speech when it comes to thanking God. I was, I, I started to cry. And I cried hard. I really cried that afternoon. I could not finish thanking God in front of my friends. And the people who were there that day were kind of shocked that I cried so hard that day. Nobody knew why I cried that afternoon, maybe except for my wife, Christine. I cried, I was shaking, I, I couldn't finish. You see, when I was growing up, I have nothing. I have nothing. I came from a poor family. Every day, my parents will fight over money. I often get sick, and when I get sick, my mom will get mad at me because she has to spend money on doctor's fee and medicine. I struggle to do well in school, 
Every time when I come back with a report card, it's all red on the card. And I was struggling with low self-esteem. I began to stutter when I talk. I did so badly in school. I was, I was not talented. I have no ambitions. I, I have nothing. I have nothing. So when I managed to pass my SPM, just pass my SPM, I decided to work very hard in college so that I would not end up like my parents. And I was a new Christian. So I did well in college, and I was accepted to further my study in London, and I was so excited. I'm going to go overseas and study and do well. But my dream came crashing down when my father later told me and said, forget about your dream because I have no money to send you to London to study. And I was so disappointed. What made the situation worse was my dad suggested that I work for his friend in town as an office boy. You know what an office boy is, right? You don't know? Where you post letters and clean the office and mop the tables, office boy. You know, I was hurt when my dad suggested his idea to me because, because my, my dad could not see that I'm capable of being and doing much more in life. It hurts me that my dad would suggest that I become an office boy. So I became a very bitter, angry young man. I was angry at my circumstances. I was angry at my parents for being poor. And I was angry at God. I remember one night I was so angry with, with my parents for arguing again that I walked out of my house, took a walk at night, and I saw this nice bungalow on my left and I yelled to God and I said, God, why can't I be born in this family with a big bungalow with two Mercedes Benz? Why am I born in this poor family? I was yelling at God. At one point, I hated my parents with a passion and I hated everything about my life. Everything. And later I fell into depression. I spent most of my time in my room looking at the ceiling and falling asleep. If you find somebody who spent most of the time in his room sleeping, you need to help that person. I was so sad, I was so depressed because I could not see a solution. I could not see a way out on my situation. I could not see the exit door. I was in a maze looking for an exit door and I could not find it. I went into depression. And let me tell you something, friend. Living in a state of hopelessness is very tormenting. It tortures the soul. I know what I'm talking about. It tortures the soul. But my turning point came when I made the most important prayer in my life. 
Eventually, I surrendered and I said, Lord, I tried to look for an exit door. I couldn't find it. I gave up. I surrendered. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is your will for my life? Please point the way. I said, Lord, please, please point the way. To cut the long story short, the Lord later told me to Bible school, which I fought him tooth and nail. Said, I don't want to go to Bible school. But I went eventually, and I found my first blessing, my wife, Christine. And then the Lord called me to Africa, and I fought tooth and nail. But I went anyway. And then the Lord told me, go back to Malaysia. I fought tooth and nail with God. We went back eventually to Malaysia in 2009. In May this year, my second daughter, Vicky, got married. I was sitting with my wife during the wedding ceremony. We were so excited. We were so happy. Before the service started, I, I looked around and, and I saw my first daughter, Catherine, with Adam, my son-in-law, with, with their little family. And they're looking so, so happy. I saw my missionary colleague who drove hours and hours just to attend the service and the wedding. I saw my friend. They were so happy to be there, to witness the wedding. I saw my in-laws. They all looked so happy. Because their son is marrying a smart woman, a Chinese Malaysian. <laughs> and the Lord is, was blessing our ministry too. In this season in our life, the Lord has opened so many doors for us to travel to Southeast Asia. Also back to Africa, teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. As I look back at all this that are happening to us, what we have seen and experienced. I realize all these blessings, all these good things that comes has a connection to the prayer that I made as an angry, confused, depressed young man when I say, Lord, please point the way. And that prayer changed everything. Please point the way. As for David, his victory came when Absalom's army caught up with David's army in the woods in Ephraim and they engaged in a fierce battle. I mentioned to you David had a small army and they were in the desert. But if you read the story of David in the desert, God miraculously provided armies for him from out of nowhere. He was in the desert. Nobody knows him. Nobody knows his location. But God miraculously connected him with different tribes and they come and joined David and fought for David. It was a miracle. Absalom's army were defeated. 20,000 of his army were killed. Absalom tried to run away. By riding on a donkey, but as he was running away, his head was caught in a thick brown bough of a terebinth tree. And later he was killed by David's captain. And David later returned to Jerusalem. His kingdom was restored. He got his home back. He got his city back. He got his temple back. 
David's hope in God was not disappointing. On Christmas night, a star guided the wise men to where baby Jesus was. And that baby Jesus became a star for mankind. Because he pointed to us that there is a God who loves us. He pointed to us that there's a God who forgives our sins. He pointed to us that a God that will give us hope in all our challenging situations. He pointed to God that in God there's mercy and forgiveness. But let me close by encouraging you this morning. I want to encourage you to be a star. Because the Bible says we're the light of the world. Be a star. Be a guide. Be a pointer to your friends. Be a pointer to your colleague and to your neighbor that there is a Savior. There is hope in God. Be a star. Wherever you are, be a star. I would not be standing here this morning if not for my star, my friends who brought me to church, who encouraged me to go to church. One of those stars is my brother there. Eddie, Eddie, where are you? Stand up, Eddie. There, He's one of my stars. I was an awkward, rebellious teenager. He knows me very well. He said, go to church, man. He witnessed to me. If I go to heaven, there's one person I want to look for. is this young boy. I used to attend Catholic high school. When school is over, I wait for my bus to go home. There's this boy, without fail, for two weeks, at 1.30, he'll sit there and wait for me. I don't know who this kid is. He's a small boy because I know he's small because I'm taller than him. I'm bigger than him. He will sit next to me and give me a track. And I get so upset, I throw the tracks away. For two whole weeks, he was my star. When I go to heaven, I want to look for this star and thank him. I want to thank God for the many stars that witnessed to me. And today I'm a missionary to God, for God. You see, you'll never know that person that you talk to. You'll never know that the person that witnessed to will be the next missionary to Africa. Or a successful Christian leader or businessman in Malaysia. Or maybe a pastor who can make an impact in our country. Or a Christian world leader, leader you'll, you'll never know that the person you witness to will later get saved and make an impact in our society. You will never know. So I encourage you this morning, be a star. Point somebody to Jesus. Lead people to the Lord. Amen. I want you to stand at this moment and bow your head if you can. Please don't leave. I need to close this prayer by praying for you. Maybe the musician can play that song, The Living Hope, again. I love that song. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes this morning. If you are here this morning, say, Pastor, pray for me. I need an exit door. I'm like 
stuck in a situation where I couldn't find a solution. I, I couldn't find an answer. I need God to point the way. I need God to point to me where the exit door is. Pray for me, Pastor. Is there anyone like this this morning? Just raise your hand. Don't be shy. Pray for me, Pastor. I need, I need to see my exit door. Anybody? Don't be shy. Just raise your hand. This morning, if God has been speaking to you and you're responding and you're saying, Lord, I want to be a star. I want to be a star. I want, I want to guide somebody. I want to point somebody to Christ. I want to be a star. Anybody? Just raise your hands and say, Lord, make me a star. Just raise your hand where you are. Don't be shy. Lord, make me a star to my colleague, to my neighbor, to my family. I want to be a star. If you have raised your hand, can you come to the front so we can pray for you? Don't be shy. Just come to the front. We're going to sing, we're going to pray, and then we're going to go. If you have not raised your hand, you can also come to the front. Anybody else? Don't be shy. If God is speaking to you through the message, you felt a prompting, that's the Holy Spirit. Respond to that prompting. Respond to that prompting in your heart and say, Lord, here am I. I'm answering the altar call. Anybody else? Anybody else? One more. If you are here for the very first time, you want to accept Jesus into your heart this morning, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I, want to, I, want, I want Jesus to come into my life. Anybody just like this? I want Jesus to come into my life. Just raise your hand where you are. Anybody? I don't want to miss you out. Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want Jesus to help me. I'm facing a difficulties. I want Jesus to come into my life. Anybody? Just raise your hand. Anybody? What about here? Anybody? Okay, nobody. Let's just worship God and let's sing this song. And then we're going to pray and then we're going to go. Through the darkness 
now and I have the faith to stand with you that we will see the salvation of God to come upon them without a shadow of doubt would you call out their name right now in Jesus name believe it believe it for that wayward son that wayward daughter that husband that wife that uncle that parent right now in Jesus name thank you father Lord we stand before you in all of your presence in all of your great love for us